Hey, welcome back to another HVAC Success Secrets Revealed with Thaddeus and Evan. Today, we got none other than Steve Akian on the show. Steve runs a company called Akian Plumbing, Heating, and Air, $6 million outfit in the Boston area in Waterton, to be specific. He's crushing it, not only as a business owner, but as a real, true leader in his organization. Thad, what was your favorite part of this episode? We went deep on a lot of different conversations and a lot of different topics. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal conversation, first and foremost. I think one of the things that I really liked was the idea of how your nighttime routine and how your morning routine can really set you up in your business and in just not your business, your own personal headspace to be able to really win your day. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. Steve, how about you? What was your top takeaway? I would say looking at yourself for the answer to every single problem that you're experiencing in your personal and professional life definitely will empower you. That's huge. The idiot that you shave with every morning. Love that concept. Shave our beard, some save our head. <laughs> some both. Honestly, this whole conversation today was absolute fire lit, if you will. Dude, Steve, you dropped some bombs and some nuggets on this show. My favorite part, definitely the mindset around setbacks. We all face shit on a daily basis. We all get punched in the mouth. What are you going to do about it? Loved what you did. Loved your story, dude. I think everyone needs to tune into this episode, but definitely hit us up and leave a comment down below. Let us know what your favorite part of this episode was and tune in live next week because you're going to love joining the live show and pitching in with your comments during the show. Cheers. Hey, welcome back to another HVAC Success Secrets Revealed with Thaddeus and Evan, where we have good conversations with good people, and any good conversation worth having is worth having drunk. Cheers. Good to see you. Yeah, buddy. I've been jacked for this episode for a long fucking time. I know um, you have been. <laughs> I remember I got off the phone with Steve. We did a little pre-call. I was like, dude, five minutes. Like, I just want to make sure that you're not going to be a dud of a guest and you got a little bit of personality. He's like, okay, great. We ended up chatting for an hour and a half about everything from business and his history and his journey to fucking coffee enemas. It was an incredible- I thought that was off limits. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to get into it. I'm saying that's where the conversation went. It was phenomenal. I'm super jacked for this episode. I mean- that buddy that tell me he hooped tequila once. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. No, we're not going to get into that. All, All right. right. So Steve, Steve Akian, he's with Akian Plumbing, Heating and Air. They are in the Boston, Massachusetts area from Boston. He's been in the industry for 14 years now. He's a master plumber, certified plumber and designer. But the thing that fascinates me about Steve is his, his the addiction to leadership and wanting to create better leaders within the trades. And I'm super jacked to get into these conversations here today perfect i think it's gonna be a lot of fun i told him that we're not allowed to go full tony robbins all day long so we'll have to like <laughs> half the show i can just sit there and listen and the other half we can get into all things business so but of course you know without uh, our show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors of course us on purpose media but also sarah systems field management field service management software it key thing i love about sarah is they take an increased revenue on average 52 percent within the first six months of bringing somebody on and double their efficiency so if you want to learn how you can do those same things it's sales.sarah.tech forward slash hvac dash revealed and our other sponsor who will also help you with your bottom line is profit rocket and the profit rocket blueprint if you want to learn exactly what Victor did to grow his business from zero to 50 million, this blueprint has everything that you're going to need to grow your business. And talking about SOPs, talking about scripts and call scripts, how to work with your CSRs, right down to budgeting and being able to plan out your business. It has everything that you need to run your business and crush results here in 2023. Go check it out at callprofitrocket.com. All right. Well, are you ready to get into her? 
Let's do it. All right, let's go. Welcome to HVAC Success Secrets Revealed, a show where we interview industry leaders and disruptors, revealing the success secrets to create and unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Now your hosts, Thaddeus and Evan. Steve, welcome to the show, brother. Evan, it's an honor being here, man. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. No worries. My pleasure. Our pleasure, I should say, but really it's all mine. Dude, let's talk your story. Let's get into how you got to where you're at now. Your journey into the trades, journey as an owner. How did you get started? All of that. Go. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, 14 years ago, I was 19. I was like working part-time at a car wash, just like going to the gym and partying with friends. And like that really, really wasn't me. I had always been like a hardworking individual, a go-getter. And I had a conversation with, uh, I was living with my grandparents at the time. And I had a conversation with a neighbor across the street and he was like, kid, why don't you uh, try plumbing? And I went to him and actually asked these questions like, Joe, I really don't know what to do with my life. And uh, he said, try plumbing. And he, he, ha he had everything that people, you think people would want, right? He had a couple of vacation homes. He raised a couple of kids. And so I put a thing up on Craigslist. I don't know if like you guys are familiar with what that is or if anybody under the age of 30 knows what Craigslist is. But, uh, I put a th I put an ad up on Craigslist, like 19 year old, strong, like you might've thought that that ad was in another section of Craigslist, but I was looking for a job. <laughs> that wasn't my money. Mail stripper. Yeah, exactly. All right. But I got a response from somebody uh, that was doing residential new construction in Boston, took the job, did that for a year and a half. Yeah, there were a few, few issues working for that person. So we decided to split ways and by decided, I mean, like I would show up to his door and he wouldn't answer. And after three days of showing up and getting a text message, like there's no work today, I got the picture, moved on, did commercial installations and some service for about a year and a half. But again, like just being the go-getter type personality that I am, I advanced really quickly there. I was still going to night class so that I could obtain my license as a licensed plumber. And that was becoming an issue with the workload that they were there the responsibilities that they were putting on me. So before I really realized what awareness and leadership of self was, I fucking blew a gasket on project manager at the time and uh, I got fired, which was one of the best things to ever happen to me because shortly after that, I got an entry level position as a piping estimator for like a large mechanical contractor out here in Boston. And uh, within three months, they could see that I was anything but entry level. First job I sold in three months was a three and a half million dollar plumbing project over at middle school and high school here in Massachusetts. And then a week after that, my second sale, which was a three million pharmaceutical build out in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And so I was there for five years. And after five years, decided to part ways and I started heating and air conditioning and now we've been in business for a little over five years and we're going to do just a little under 6 million this year. So super proud of the team and being able to accomplish that. Right. I love it, dude. One of the things you said there around getting fired and getting let go definitely reminds me of a Tony Robbins lesson. There you go, Thaddeus. Hey, everybody. It's Tony Robbins. <laughs> right. Thaddeus, everything is Tony Robbins. Everything. Everything. So little backstory, part of that initial conversation that Steve and I had, we realized that we both attended UPW, which is a Tony Robbins event. 
and we both did it like on Zoom. There's 30,000 people on there. There's no way that we would ever have known that we were on there together, but we both did it. I did it with my family and it was a blast and the event's fucking incredible. Like, just go check it out. Anyways, your setback being your greatest gift. The other part of the backstory of why this is all funny is there's a little bit of an internal thing that Evan pretty much every single show references Tony Robbins quotes at least once a show. I got so the that's book the right part. here. That's the other part of it. So. I got the workbook right here. Ah, this is empty round. It's good shit. <laughs> but yeah, your setback becoming your greatest gift, right? Like in the moment, it's so easy to get caught up and hung up on, oh, woe is me. And why did this happen to me? And it's really, really difficult to see the other side of that when you're in it. What did you do to get through that shit of feeling bad, feeling like you're a failure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever story you were telling yourself in that moment? to then go out and get that job, which eventually became one of your greatest gifts. I think it's the fact that I've always seen like the goal. It may not have always been as clear as it is today, but that wasn't a fucking option, man. Like being like, what sit around, like who am I to fucking sit around and complain? Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? Like some people say there's always another level up. Well, guess what? There's always another level down too. Yep. I've always been aware of that. And uh, some people have said, hey, that's not really the greatest way to like look things like because i would always say hey it could always be worse dude three months into starting the business we lit someone's house on fire (laughs) right okay and let me tell you something because of my outlook on things i got a five-star yelp review out of that client okay and that client became a friend in the five years we've been in business we've kept in touch you know why it's because the shit is going to happen mistakes are going to happen how you respond to those fucking things is what counts Mm-hmm. And when I say we became friends, I'm talking like to the extent where like we did a it in like fair on the square, which is like a little town event that uh, they do here. I'm in Watertown, which is like a kind of like a suburb, like right outside of Boston. Like Boston's like literally 10 minutes from me. But in our little city here, we have this fair on the square and his wife came by to introduce their newborn child to me. Right. And like to remind you the story, lit their house on fire again, fucking four years prior or whatever it was at the time. Right. What are you going to do, man? Like, it's like, shit's going to happen. Get up. Nope. Keep fucking going. 100%. So I'm curious on that because like, I've been listening to the gap in the game by Dan Sullivan and he, well, he's the, the, the guy behind it. I forget the actual guy who wrote it. Dr. Ben, I think is his name. And they talk a lot about that mindset about what is your gain versus what is your gap and how to be able to get there. But I mean, you're, you're saying it could always be worse. Was that something that was inherently always in you or is that a mindset that you've had to work on? And if it's something that you've had to work on, if somebody is in this stuck in this thought process of this gap mentality that they're always looking at the other side of things, what are some, what's some advice that you would give them? That's tough because for me, I'm, I've been this way, but not as refined. And what I mean by that is like things happen in your life. Like there's nature and nurture, right? But things happen in your life. And I think I may have like adapted like this really young as sort of like a a survival mechanism, like way of coping with just the, just the way things are in life. It's like a very stoic way of looking at things before I even knew what that stoicism was and what that meant. But I'm someone who loves connecting with other people. And that doesn't always mean like being able to see the great things that are inside of people, but also seeing like all the bad shit that's out in the world that people experience. Right. Like my father always used to say to me, like, hey, look, real quick story. When my parents divorced, right? My dad was the worst fucking cook, like ever. Right. So when I when he'd have us, my my brother and I on the weekends, he would always like his default was these like boxed 
like powdered mashed potatoes that you'd mix with oh, like gross. water, <laughs> right? And you these just dry meat, lemons. yeah. And these dry dry meatball. I'm having PTSD just yeah. talking about this, so <laughs> right. But the, these dry meatballs, and like it was like, and he would like the reason I'm sharing this is because he would be like, you know, there's starving children in Africa. I'd be like, they wouldn't even eat this shit, right? <laughs> like so, but like, but just to go back to that like whole like upbringing thing that could have very well been but again like just being that's that's my brother alex there who's a phenom by the way Um, (laughs) he he runs this team with me and he's like just someone who when you sit down and have a conversation with him like and he's dialed in like brilliant mind but the meatballs were that bad he just was too young to remember I love it. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I wish they had like the recipe for that. I mean, I guess the thing is, is just work on awareness of yourself. Like why you're feeling that way. Like, why do you see what, like what I call is, why don't you see the free bagels? You see the line you have to wait in. I don't know if anybody, if anyone hearing this or or listening to this podcast, that's a Simon Sinek story that he shared. Right. So I always tell people like leaders help people see the free bagels. Right. And uh, for those that aren't aware of what I'm saying, look Tell, up. Yeah, video. I was, was going to say, give the, give the full reference. So it's been a while since I saw the video, so you might have to help me on this, Evan. But it's Simon and his friend, they're, they're going for a run in, in, in Central Park, I think in New York City. And uh, the run was sponsored by some, some local bagel shop. And at the end of the run, they were treating all the runners to the bagels. And Simon said to his friend, he's like, hey, let's, uh, let's go get a free bagel over there. And his friend's like, yeah, bagel would be nice, but... I don't want to wait in the line. And Simon was like, free bagel. And his friend was like, yeah, but I don't want to wait. And Simon was like, again, free bagel, right? And he had a aha moment, I believe, right, Evan? And in that moment, he realized that there are two types of people in the world. Those that see what it is that they want and they go and they get it. And then that, those that only see what's in the way from them getting what they want. And I've never shared, I've never said that out loud. It's such a great story, man. Like, it really is. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I had a similar experience come up when I was traveling this, I don't know, one of the 17 trips that we took in the last five weeks. But I was at the airport and I showed up and it was literally five minutes till I was supposed to be boarding. Like, stupid mistake. I was only flying carry-on. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I've been through it so many times in the last three weeks. Like, it'll be fine. Show up massive line easily an hour and a half wait just to get through security and so i walked to the front of the line and i looked at the guy that was working there i was like wow this is nuts like you you guys are doing a great job right now and he looked at me and he's like oh thanks i was like i know you're probably putting up with a lot of shit right now and like just wanted to say thanks and he's like wow yeah thank you he's like i do have a favor to ask i'm boarding in five minutes is there any way that you can help me get around this so that i can get through to make my plane he's like yes there's this qr code it's this new thing. It's for an express pass. Scan the code, pick any flight that's on there because it doesn't matter. And it'll give you a, a code. I'll scan it. You're right on through. It was like, done. Other people came up right behind me as I was doing that. And they came up and they scanned the code. Guy tells them the exact same thing. And they get all puzzled. They're like, well, why do I have to book a, f- like, why can't I just pick my flight? He's like, it's not going to be an option. They're like, but then how am I going to make my plane if it's not an option on here? And they just kept asking questions and asking questions. Constantly looking at the obstacle, what's in the way, what's preventing me from getting what I want. I scanned the code, boom, right through, walked right onto the plane, made the flight. It was great. They were still standing at security. Ooh. You read that? The obstacle is the way. Is that what it says? That's it. I love it. That's great. When you, you said it, yeah. as you were sharing that story. Yeah. It's the exact and, same and, thing. 
And there's, there's so much value in what you just shared because you led with love and that's why you were loved back and you were helped by someone. That's the reading all this leadership stuff because there was a point in my, in my career as a CBO here at Akean and like, how do you lead people? How do you grow a business? And I was over fucking complicating it. Lead with love. That simple. Like love, be genuine, care for people. Like, and I did, I do. Right. But there was like, as the company grew first year, 750,000 next year, 2 million, 3 million and 4 million. And, and, and now just a little under six this year, right? You get caught up in all the bullshit and you sort of lose yourself. I did for a very, for a period there, I lost myself dude for a period there. I should say I was 80 pounds fucking heavier than I am today. All right. About a week or two before COVID. Okay. Started right. Talking about lose yourself. But again, like in the chaos of it all, you lose yourself. And I came back around to that, like simple lead with love in anything and everything you do. So walk us back to what, what you said you were lost in it. So you were overweight. What else was going on? There's there's a a whole wheel of shit that's happening. So I want to, before leading into this, I want to say all this was, is, was on me. Right. But was in a really toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, probably binge eating to help with that. I was dealing with anxiety issues and all this stuff. And when I started pressing into really digging into that leadership journey, you start picking up things and it all fucking just comes back to you, right? It all comes back to you. And today, just a, the, the evolution that occurred was like, I am proud of going to the boxing club in the morning, taking care of myself, understanding that waking up and business owners that are out there that are doing this, right? Like, if you take anything from this, take this. Do not be the type of person with your phone next to your bed. You wake up and before you even say I love you or good morning to your spouse next to you or doing anything positive, like you're grabbing your phone and you're looking at your emails. And and, and I know that it's probably because you're a little anxious and you want to catch something before it happens. Hey, listen, if you're getting an email, it's already fucking happened. Like take care of yourself in the morning, right? That, like with that whole morning thing, like I've been a big proponent of this is disable your notifications. I can't remember the name of the app. I'd have to look it up. There's many different ones. I think it's actually my headspace or headspace or something like that. Where from at a certain point at the night and all the way until whatever time, an hour after you wake up, you can disable all your notifications on your phone. So when you wake up, you're not tempted to see a pop-up notification because as soon as you see it, then you're going to get lost in it, right? But conversely, what are you also doing before you go to bed? What is the last thing that you're doing when we're optimizing ourselves for our mindset? The human brain is designed to think of the last things in your day, things that happen last in your day first, right? So are you scrolling through social media and creating an unhealthy habit, comparing yourself to others? And hmm, I'm going to go to bed now. And now when throughout your night, you're dreaming of the inadequacies comparing yourself to others. Well, no, you are running your own race, right? Like you said, it starts internally with yourself before anything else. And that's a big focus on the personal side of things. So great point. Thanks for sharing that. That is like the impact of paying attention to what you're feeding into your mind before it goes into that rest state. If you're waking up anxious, if you're having trouble sleeping, it's very much because you're putting shit in your head that you shouldn't be, right? I mean, I I don't mean to say that as a parent, like don't do this, but your mind processes your last thought several hundred times, okay? Your last thought several hundred times. So, you know, when that saying, I'm going to sleep on it, right? That's a real thing. Like if anyone here has ever woken up and gone, like you're eating your fucking cereal and you go, oh shit, that thing I couldn't figure out yesterday. Like you you didn't fucking magically just think of it there. Right. But 
you, your body, your eyes may be closed when you're asleep, but your brain, there's still much, a lot of activity that's going on. Mm-hmm. So being aware of that is, you know, crucial to someone, not just running a successful business. That's a fucking result. Lead a successful life. All that other shit that you want will happen. I promise. Mm-hmm. But definitely that is about what you're shutting down in the evening, thinking about, and then what you're waking up and starting with, right? These are crucial, like parts of your, of your day. Well, and when you think about it, like these are the only things that you can really control. Darren Hardy talks about this in the compound effect, right? He, t- he calls it bookending your day. All you can control is the, how you start your day and how you finish your day. Everything else, like constant distraction. That's the world that we live in today is everyone's trying to grab our attention, pull us away from this. There's 60,000 pieces of information trying to grab our attention on a daily basis. So what is it that you're doing to guard your mind so that you can effectively start your day and effectively finish your day? Because those are the only two things that you can control. A couple things that you said on our initial phone call, which I wanted to touch on, which you, you referenced here. One, you said that you can't lead others when you don't have anything to give. And I think you've hit that point pretty hard already. I'm curious if there's anything else you want to touch on with that. Yeah. I mean, your team's only going to rise at the rate of which you do. Uh-huh. Like when I say dig into it, dig into your own shit before you start opening up other people's closets. Yep. Right. Or working on having that conversation with others. Right. 100%. Um, understanding like the depth of that though, like is a whole other level, right? Like mm-hmm. that all of this is an infinite game. Yep. Okay. Again, referring back to Simon Sinek and like, it's, it's all when you, when you start digging into this journey of awareness, self-awareness and, and, and leadership, all the paths lead back to the same place, like care for others, but care for yourself first. And like, I think that's hard for some people to really understand for a long time, I was putting others before myself mm-hmm. and I was killing myself doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be all macho and, oh, it's not a problem. And fuck it. It brought me to a really, really dark place during one time in my life and just understanding that if you want to be there for others right if you truly do care about other people you truly do have to care about yourself right it's not it's not selfish well it's it's how you have more of yourself to give right and i we just did all the travel so another travel analogy which i every time that they're they're doing the safety demonstration at the beginning of the flight what do they tell you right put your own mask on first before you help others because you can't help others if you're dead well said and it's like but i feel so many people struggle with that uh-huh. so many so many people who have family and i get it you have kids i like wife or a husband like i totally I totally get it mm-hmm. you know when i was younger my mother got came down with pretty aggressive cancer and like funny thing i hope i don't offend anyone saying this but like we were at her friend's house because like she was planning on dying right mm-hmm. like not like hoping for it but like she was prepping for the worst so she brings it to her family's house hey listen if this happens these are the things i want done she just wanted to make sure that my brother and i were cared for and her friend says to her look tina she might be listening to this i love you mom tina and <laughs> only good people die young you're a bitch you'll live forever and that was 20 years ago i think she was diagnosed with that and she's still kicking ass today so i'm thankful for that but uh, i'm sorry how how do we get here again Sometimes I don't even know how we got there, but like that, the whole, you see, planning on dying, I'm putting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. We will, uh, yeah, he won't, he won't royalties on that. But the whole planning on dying part, like I, an old business coach of mine in personal coach, life coach, whatever you want to call it, Hal Elrod, 
um, was a gentleman. He's an author of The Miracle Morning, great human being. And he also the one that taught me about coffee enemas, by the way. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, (laughs) So you were the one that brought it up. It wasn't me. I just want to make that clear to everyone. I know what happens to him in the morning to start his day getting a coffee enema. But the whole plenty of nights. So he was hit head on by a drunk driver and pronounced dead on the scene. And they revived him, gotten back to life, was in a coma for a long time. And they told him that you're never going to walk again. He's like, no, I'm going to walk. And just had this mentality inside of himself that he was going to just overcome every obstacle. Sure shit, he started walking again, right? That story goes really, really deep. Yeah, I'm not doing it as good of a justice. I'm giving a superficial example just for the aspect of the show, right? But right. he goes a lot deeper in different stories. And maybe we should reach out and have him on. But he also had cancer, life-threatening cancer. And I don't, Evan, you know the, the numbers better than I do, but the success rate was not good. He's like, well, no, I'm for my family, I'm living. I'm cancer. And just had it in his mindset that it's okay to be negative, but only for five seconds. And then it's switching to positive. How can I overcome it? That information that you self-feed yourself is what's going to get you through those dark times, through those dark moments, through those anything in life. It's how you have those self-conversations, which as a business owner, as a leader, you have a lot of them, a fuck ton of them, but how do you answer those questions, right? And making sure that you have that positive aspect. And that goes again, back to that gap in the game. Are you measuring yourself of where you've came from? Are you measuring yourself of where you're going to go? Because guess what? When you're always measuring yourself of where you're going to go, you're never going to get there and you're always going to be unhappy and you're always going to be unsatisfied. Biggest, biggest example of that is driving a car and the horizon like great i'm gonna get in my car i'm gonna hit i'm gonna drive and i'm gonna hit the horizon but guess what you never fucking hit the horizon but if you pause and you look back and you say hey this is how far i've driven now you have something that's a lot more measurable and you can actually help yourself overcome and see those those gains in your life so one question that i did want to ask and then we'll get into the random question generator you talked about loving your people to death and we heard that from an old business coach an old mentor of ours you know, love your people love your people love your people and then even when you can't love them continue to love your people in what ways can you show up as a leader in what ways can you do that for your team to constantly show them the love that they need it's another great question and another great another question that's going to be difficult for me to answer because one thing that my brother has said about me a few quite a few times is that i'm a genuine person and i think just being genuine and like caring for people caring about like what's going on at home like if they're fucking up at work there's probably something going on right like people don't want to screw up they like to be part of winning teams like so just having conversations this morning for example i was driving on the way to the office i saw one of our installers tony tony if you listen to this what's up buddy he was pumping gas at a gas station i hadn't talked to him in a few weeks so i pulled into the gas station and had a 10 minute conversation with him it's that fucking simple this shit's not rocket science, right? It's like, just talk to people, like care about them. Like, I know I know, there are some business owners that don't want that and that's fine, that's you, but that's gonna reflect on your culture. Well, like, so for culture's the- not, It's not like culture's not the fucking popcorn machine that you put in the employee lounge. It's not It's not the video games that, that or even the company outings or the rap trucks and all that shit. Like culture like starts with you, the leader. For the guys who are afraid to love on their people because they're scared of getting walked all over, what would you say to them? Oh, man. Now, that's a question I can definitely, I definitely have an answer to. Being the person that I am, definitely had people walk on me. It's part of the fucking process. Like, it's part of becoming aware of yourself. And I don't want to offend them. And I... And believe me, that 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 going through that and the dysfunction that it breeds within the company, like it's okay, right? It's better to love than to than to not, because that creates an entirely worse problem. 
for yourself, right? Like I built a $6 million profitable company. We've had issues in the past with these things because of these things, right? But what happens is you grow as a person, you learn to have crucial conversations, right? If you're scared to love, read that book, Crucial Conversations. If you're scared to love your people because you're afraid of the conversations that you may need to have to create those boundaries, right? I met Wyatt Hepworth out in Vegas. I really was looking forward. I was hoping to meet him out in Vegas and I got to. And, and one of the reasons that I was looking forward to meet him specifically is because he said something that resonated with me on another podcast that he built his company with family and friends. And what do you hear? Don't mix friends with business or family with business. Bullshit. Like bullshit. If you have good intentions, you can do that all day, right? I work with my brother daily. I have friend, I had someone come in for an interview today who I've known since the fucking sixth grade. Okay. Like he came in for a position as an installer and he's an animal. And I have other people here, our controller. I played in a fucking band with his brother. We grew up together. Like it was a great band, by the way. Play-Doh children. Fucking like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, children? Play-Doh children. Yeah. Play-Doh children. That, that, our logo was the, uh, you guys remember the Play-Doh kid? Like yeah. that would be on the... It would be that kid with crosses on his eyes. What was it? Was it like death metal or what? It was punk. It was like pop punk. Okay. Like really definitely influenced by like Blink-182 and Green Day type stuff. Nice. The, the bands, good old school bands. Anyways. <laughs> old school. Oh my God. You guys are 25, right? Something like that. I think I heard you guys mentioned something. No, Evan turned 25. Well, I'm not 25. Okay. I was... But that was my 25th birthday, but that was 10 years ago. So, oh, damn. All right. See, you got this is what an HVAC business owner looks like at 33, just old and worn. <laughs> <laughs> I would have guessed 45. <laughs> He's uh, been through some shit, man. But, but like going back to the answer, it's, it's like learn to have conversations, create boundaries, love. Yeah, love that. I uh, actually, when we were, you were talking, I added crucial conversations to my wish list for Amazon. So to listen to that guy next, so you're glowing, Stephen. <laughs> Thanks, Shreya. <laughs> Shreya says uh, you're glowing, Stephen. Although that you might know, just be the glare coming off your forehead. I I don't know. It is. There was a light just like strategically planned here. It has a halo effect at a certain time of the day. It's just we didn't plan it right. So sorry, guys. Uh, uh, gotcha. Next time. But uh, Shreya, I got to meet out in Vegas. She's an animal. That girl yes. is a fucking genius. Okay. Like, so anyone, if you ever enter a sales proposition with her, be careful. She, yeah, I'm just kidding. She, <laughs> but because she just... Like she just gets people. She's another person that just gonna she gets people. Like I was making jokes, Joker Sarah and Service MVP, they're big on the magic moment. And I think that's what one thing that's great about about that team over there. They're just really, really talented group of people. Totally. Well, and ironically enough, she's coming on the show next week. Perfect. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. All right. Let's get into the random question generator because that's a great part of the show where we ask a random question that has nothing to do with anything. Of course, the random question generator is brought to you by On Purpose Media. So if you're struggling with your digital marketing in an HVAC business, reach out to onpurposemedia.ca forward slash book dash a call and get in touch with us because that's our business. We're going to shameless <laughs> plug ourselves. All right. Random question generator. Do you want, you don't get to know the questions. Question one, question two, or question three. Three. Can you name five things you wouldn't do for a million dollars? Feel free to go rate it on too. <laughs> uh, right? That's fucking easy. Second thing, I'm trying to like gauge how I feel as these words are coming. I'm like, I wouldn't kill someone, but like sometimes it depends on the person. I wouldn't, oh man, I don't like a harder question than you'd expect. It's like, 
I don't know if there's just too many thoughts coming into my head or if it's just like I wouldn't I wouldn't go streaking until like April 6th because that's on my vision board. That's when I'll have abs. So maybe I would then. Right. But I wouldn't go streaking now. All right. What else? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let those I care about down. That's something that is like very near and dear to me in regards to just like protecting those people that are part of part of my team that, that I care about. And I'm not just talking like team like company i'm talking like that team that extends it's like a circle do i have to do two more can we go to another question i don't know <laughs> I, forget how many. Five. I think the, i think I, it was I, done I, after, to be honest <laughs> i thought you said five things that you wouldn't do for it, it was supposed to be five but that was a great list right there the thing that you talked about like the not letting people down and one of the other things that you mentioned on our initial call was the shit that you ran into around taxes and how you had a similar experience to Mr. Ken Goodrich, not quite as bad, a similar experience of your own dealing with some tax issues and having a massive debt that you had to face. And your attitude around that was very unique. So I was wondering if you could share that story. Yeah. So I think it was about a year and a half into the business. You kept having cash flow issues and the office was my mom, my brother and I, and I was focused on sales, making sure like installs were being done and all that kind of stuff and run the business. And my brother and mom were doing the books and trying to stay on top of receivables and payables and all this stuff. And I was just tired of getting phone calls from vendors being like, Hey, we're about to freeze your account. I'm like, okay, well, here's some money. Sorry. Won't happen again. It did happen again. So finally I'm like, okay, we need to bring like going and doing our taxes once a year is like clearly not doing us justice we need to have like something more frequent like with like an accounting professional so i went on google found jonathan bellow with 18 solutions guys a fucking animal okay come we schedule like a free consult he comes into our office again this is like pre-covid like comes into our office and it's so funny how we like talk pre-covid it's like a thing now pc <laughs> bc uh, PC pre COVID. It's like a new fucking era in time. But uh, within like an hour, two hours, he was like, he looked at me, he was like, Hey, look, so I got some bad news for you. He goes, I'm estimating that you owe about half a million dollars in payroll taxes. Right. Wow. And he said, on top of that, there are fines and penalties for owing that money. You probably owe another half. So I'm like, wow, a million debt. Holy shit. Like, and like, we're, I don't know at the time, thinking back, like doing less than like 2 million a year. So I don't like some, it was something around that, right? Something fucking crazy. And I'm like, okay, first thought that came to my fucking head was we have work to do. And those were also the first words that came out of my mouth, right? And we put a plan together and we had that paid off within six months, okay? Now it wasn't half a million, it ended up being 380,000. And then the penalties ended up being like 100,000, okay? Which by the way we didn't pay the penalties we went to the irs they didn't come knocking on our door we went to them and we said hey uncle sam sorry but we kind of owe you this money and they then started sending us the penalties after and we didn't the penalties we didn't we get it but like we came to you right so we did go through the abatement process with getting those penalties abated and and actually it was about a month ago my lawyer calls me on it was a friday which was great like I said, right now I'm not drinking, right? But uh, if I was, I definitely would have gotten hammered that night. And he's like, "Steve, I got great news." And it's close to the end of the day. I'm like, "What's up, Ronnie?" He goes, "They're baiting seventy-eight thousand dollars, baby." I'm like, 
oh yeah, nice, great, awesome. He's like, so what do you want to do now? I was like, get the other $22,000. And he's great too. Ronnie with tax resolution partners. He's like such a phenomenal job. Like talk about someone who's passionate. I love people that are fucking passionate about what they do. And it's because I'm passionate about what I do. And uh, that's very much so because a friend of my grand, another friend of my grandparents, dude, my grandparents are Greek. So they were around very wise people. Greeks say, well, they were once upon a time wise, all the philosophers and stuff. But this friend of theirs said, Hey, if you're cleaning toilets for a living, be the best at it. Right. And that fucking rang with me, man. Like, it's like, yeah, like be the best at what you do. And Ronnie's one of those people. And like everyone that I like to surround myself with, at least I like to think are the best at what they do. I love that. Which, so to summarize that, $500,000 is essentially what you're facing between $380,000 in tax debt plus $100,000 in penalties and having cash flow issues within the business at the time, basically owing a quarter of your annual revenue, not income, revenue in taxes. And your response was, I guess we got work to do. What's the other option? Roll over? Exactly. Right. And But that is the majority of people, right? Mm-hmm. It's that's the easy road. Well, we'll just close up the business and I guess it didn't work out. Like, I don't know how we can do this. This feels insurmountable. Better Very, option. I didn't that's say it was better. I said that, it was easier. Yeah. No, I, I know. But that's that's like I'm talking to like anybody who has that view, right? How is that right. the better option? Like, ask yourself right. that fucking question. Right. Like, ask yourself, like, closing it down. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Come back. Like, come back and fucking win, right? I had a friend who was, who was struggling with with his business for the past few months and i told him i'm jealous of you man she's like why are you jealous of me i go because your comeback story is going to be better than mine that's the fucking way to be man and he's killing it turning things around well that goes back that goes back to the initial part of of making sure that your own mental house is house is in order that you love yourself that you give yourself the mental tools that it takes to succeed in business. It's funny doing this podcast and having these real conversations and hearing some of the stories from the lives that we did down in Phoenix with some of the amazing badass women in the industry in similar stories, like everybody is faced with shit in their business. It's how do you react to it? How do you adjust? How do you make the changes to be able to continue to push forward? And sometimes you just figure it out on the fly, right? Or you find other people who have been there, done that. Because guess what? All these stories that we're hearing, while they're different in some way, shape, or form, they've all got similar commonalities to it. You just have to overcome and make the decision, make the choice that you're going to be great to overcome it. And that's the thing right there. The choice is yours. Yes. Going back to like focusing on what, like you want, you want to get in the right mind frame, read Viktor Frankl shit. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm drawing a blank on the book, but Viktor, Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. Okay. This man being put through family, being fucking killed. Okay. Witnessing that being uh, put through the things physically that they put him through, right. Starving him, all this shit. Right. He still, acknowledge that he had a choice to choose like the way that they would make him feel Mm -hmm. with the actions that they were doing like i think i believe he called it like man's last choice or something like that and search for meaning man's search for meaning is i'm assuming there's a couple there's a couple of them on there but there's a couple of them man's search for meaning will change your fucking life right talk about perspective that's one of the best things you can do as a business owner as a leader as a person Seek first to understand, right? Like see through the eyes of others, 
check out other perspectives. And, and fortunately, for whatever reason, that's been something that's been somewhat easy for me, right? Just like feeling others, understanding others. Reason why I feel like I'm, I'm drawn to Tony Robbins stuff is because he's a person who's, who's very much able to connect like easily with other people. It's incredible. It's like before, before words, before words are spoken, because we communicate in all these other ways that most people don't understand. But I would say what you were sharing, Thaddeus, saying that these, all this shit, like the mistakes I made, nobody else has to go through, right? You can fucking call or text me and I'll tell you exactly how to avoid those mistakes, right? And I think that's the great thing about our industry today. There's so many groups that you can join and podcasts like this one, guys. Like you understand the magnitude you guys have putting on like podcasts like this, sharing information, making it so available to people so that they can learn, so they can struggle impacting people's lives it's like fucking amazing it's why i said like it really is an honor to be on this show like i really appreciate evan you reaching out and phil for one of our team members here for reaching out to you and nominating me to be on the show he's a special person absolutely well and originally our good friend tj hartnett who had come out and done an on-site with you guys he does some coaching with you guys and so that was the original connection and then phil reached out and was like get Steve on the show. I was like, well, this is now two people that have said this dude's legendary. So they weren't wrong. Thanks, man. <laughs> wow. It's probably, you're probably overshooting with saying that, but I appreciate it. Evan. You're on, you're on the path. You're on the path. A couple interesting thoughts around that. And Robert Kiyosaki talks about this. And this goes back to your rant here. Most people think there's only two sides to a coin and there isn't, there's three. And when you're able to live on that edge, which is the third side of the coin, you're able to see both sides and get that perspective of both sides and then make a decision as to where it is that you sit. The other thing is most people don't make decisions. They make preferences. I would prefer not to smoke anymore, which is why they continue to go back to it. I would prefer not to drink anymore, which is why they go back to it. To make a real decision is to burn the ships and to cut off from any other opportunity to go back to that way. Yeah. You're saying that's it. No more. I've had it enough. This is the direction I'm going and there's no other choice. Yeah. That's the reason why you got out of that debt. Thank you. Yeah, hey, very much it. Look, success doesn't wait for the beginning of the week, right? <laughs> if you want to get into nope. the fucking gym, right? Go right now. Right. If you want to read a book, read one tonight. Mm -hmm. Setting up the, I'm going to do it Monday. You're putting it off, right? You're giving yourself time to convince yourself not to do it. That's that, that's what it is. Has there been times where I've made decisions and like jumping off the side of a cliff and like, oh, fuck, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Look, it always works out. You're going to be okay. Right. Like, but, but exactly what you said, Evan is like, fuck man, like, no wonder why we connected so well on the phone there. It's like, seriously, man, like we're going to hang out someday. All right. Like with, whether it's at an industry event or something, we're going to hang out. Thaddeus, you could third wheel. It's so wonderful for these days. But dude, like, yeah, the, the things that, you know, that you guys are both sharing, like, yeah, it just rings so fucking true and it resonates. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you just connect with people, it's like, one of the most beautiful things, I think. Right, right. Well, and something interesting that you just shared too around most people wait. We're coming up on the new year. We're 31 days away from January 1st when most people set a new year's resolution. Do you know what the, the average did? Like the, the day that most people will give up on their new year's resolution? January 2nd. Nope. I'm going to guess probably three weeks. 
No, probably Maybe. January 1st. I'm going to work out starting January 1st, but they're too hungover to even get up and then get out of bed to go work out. The average day is January 19th, 19 That's days it. before people will give up on their New Year's resolution. That habit, that one thing that they were committed to. And again, it comes back. Are you interested or committed? I'm going crazy in my seat over here because like the thing that most people got to understand is if you went that fucking 20th day, you got it. You did mm -hmm. it. Yep. Right. That day that you gave up was the day like before that you were going to have your fucking breakthrough. Yep. Ed Milet's book, The Power of One More, and when you heard his message in Vegas, right? He's like, just one more day. I just got to do it one more day. I just got to do it one more day. And if you just take it one day at a time with some of these goals, you're going to break that down. But it's funny that you mentioned January 1st, Evan, because I also wrote down January 1st. You're talking about people wait for their goals. Well, if you have a New Year's resolution, quote unquote, fucking do it now. Yep. Yeah. You don't want to, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to drink for 30 days. Great. Well, fucking do it now. Right. Do it now. Here's the bigger problem. The bigger problem is your New Year's resolution, right? That's a big thing. It's the beginning of the year, right? You can see it in a beautiful way as like, like coming out of like a cocoon, if you will, or like shedding skin, becoming a new person. You can see that as renewal, as a symbol. But if you don't have the habit of being uncomfortable already instilled in you, if you haven't done it in some small fucking way, I, I don't know not eating a cheeseburger every fucking night or something like that. If you haven't done it in some small way, you think all of a sudden on January 1st, you're going to take on this big daunting task of changing your fucking life. You're wrong, right? Like one little thing that I do, and I share this with you, but when I did UPW, Evan, right? I shared with you that they're long days. They're like 12 plus hour days, right? And four of them consecutive, right? I thought to myself before UPW started, Okay. I'm like, how can I make this a little more challenging? And so I fasted through all four days. I had nothing but celery juice, right? Ah, oh, this is how we got into the coffee animal conversation. So let's rewind. <laughs> but I had celery juice. I had celery juice those four days, right? I made it a little harder on myself. Why? Because strengthen this muscle, okay? Making it just a little more difficult makes it easier next time. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I'm, I, that is one thing that I do, I guess, another piece of advice is like, whenever I'm doing something challenging, I just make it a little bit more challenging, right? I'll just do one more rep at the gym, right? I'll just run one more mile or plank for another five seconds or something like that, right? And that alone has such a profound impact because anything you do is everything you do. So when you're able to start doing it physiological ways, like all the other stuff starts to just kind of align and make sense. Yep. How you do anything is how you do everything. I love it. Practice. Not the game. He's from Philly though, so that's why he <laughs> fucks up, right? He's not from Boston. If you're from Boston, you get shit done. I wanted to comment, do you have a great accent? You would fit right in if you came out here, Boston's a fun city. I've been there. I, I spent five days and I, that was one of my worst plane ride experiences coming from Boston on the way home because I was so hungover. <laughs> I, they, they, it was the only time that the, the flight attendants had let somebody that I've ever witnessed have their tray down because I was white knuckling on it, deep breathing while sweat was dripping off my face, trying not to throw up on the descent into Chicago. It was a short flight. I had two flights. It was, that was, that's how good Boston was to me. <laughs> Something else you talked about on that original phone call was building a relationship with pain and how you're using that morning routine and boxing to do that, which ties in really nice with what you just shared. That idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and what can you do daily to do that? It is, what, what's the temperature out right now? Minus 19 Celsius, which is? Three degrees Fahrenheit. Three Actually, degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, mine's zero. Yeah, mine's zero. Right. It was minus 17 Fahrenheit with the wind chill this morning when I walked the dog, by the way. Yeah. Canada, right? A 
to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, the cold is a great way to do that. I'm a big believer yeah. in ice baths and, and doing cryotherapy and things like that. And it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a friend this week and I had just watched a video from Wim Hof talking about mm. ice bath. And the question was asked to him, how long does it take for your body to reach that state where it's it's now beneficial for the body? Like, what is that limit? He said, two minutes. That's all you need. Two minutes to completely re oxygenize all of your blood because it, it draws all your blood to your internal organs to keep your internal organs alive and it will take them out of your extremities. So it's extremely healthy. It's like after two minutes, it's no longer about your body. It is 100% about your mind and that ability to push yourself beyond what is comfortable. And it's so incredibly powerful, right? To if spend you know, two minutes in a cold shower. Yeah. If anybody listening doesn't know who Wim Hof is, look that guy up. YouTube that motherfucker. I wake up every morning. Yeah, I wake up every morning and I do his breath exercise. Okay, nice. it's the second thing I do in my morning routine. Okay, ten minute of breath of of breath work. Okay, he is talk about like a like crazy in a good way, right? Yeah. Like I am so glad that that I was able to find that person. Um, yeah. What's the yeah. first thing you do in your morning in your morning routine? The first thing is read. I thought you were going to go with open your eyes, but that's okay. <laughs> Jackass. Damn, Thaddeus. Anyways, Damn. Uh, wait, so how, long, how long do you read for? How long do you read for? Out of curiosity, is there like a set, 15, a set minute, 15, amount of time 15 or pages? To, 15 to 30 minutes. 15 to 30 minutes. I'll get through a chapter section in a book it's just really to get the brain going get me thinking i'll typically read something on like mind power or sales like and the reason i say sales is because i feel like sales and community like i'm reading a book inside the mind of sales dude like the book doesn't mention anything about selling it's all fucking mind shit right and it all comes back again to to the shit that you gotta figure out and work on within yourself which is like incredible book really good book but that's the first thing yeah let's read 15 30 minutes and you then into my breath work read you breath know, work what else well i'm, I'm very before you get to that next part just because it, it actually isn't in in actual order of this but like i made the joke of opening your eyes but you know that the average person it's snooze twice and it takes them 24 minutes to get out of bed mm -hmm. do you know why that's so bad for you like for your mental health your physical health hitting snooze well you're delaying the start of your day you're telling your mind i don't want to get out of bed i don't want to go achieve i don't want to get after my goals i don't want to do this i want to delay everything it's part of it the bigger part that actually really that happens back in your fucking brain is when you hit snooze and you put your head back on the pillow your body starts to fall back into the sleep cycle it fucks your whole exactly your whole day is fucked up because now you've disrupted your sleep pattern right because it's going back from awake and it's trying to get back to rem okay so you hit that snooze button you're like again like yeah, I, I hope I do hope that people pick up. There's some juicy grapes on this that we're dropping here, right? Like pick some of these up, like, and just if you're hitting snooze, don't. You are fucking ruining your whole day. And if you're stressed and if you're in a, a high anxious state, you might be able to get rid of that just by not hitting that snooze button tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So. All right. So, so we don't, don't hit snooze. Get up right away. You read for 15, 30 minutes. You do. Wim Hof. I don't, even, I don't even not. I don't even not hit snooze. I wake up before the fucking alarm, man. That alarm's there as a. Right. It's an insurance policy, right? Four fifteen, my alarm is set. Timer. Four a.m., I am awake, right? Sometimes what time you go to bed? between eight and ten, typically between eight and ten. So you're not one of those one in twelve thousand freaks that can go on like four hours with the sleep a night, Evan. Uh, all right. So in bed uh, at w last night, in bed at one, up at four. No, sorry, five. Ooh. 
Yeah. Is that your typical schedule, Evan? No. Okay. Usually I'm about six hours sleep is like the most. Beyond that, I get stiff. Interesting. And I don't feel good. Yeah. See, I'm not seven hours. Like if I get seven, I'm usually good. Other yeah. people are like, my wife is usually eight and a half, nine. That's her, that's her sweet spot, right? So some people are four. The myth, here's a myth, is that one in 12,000 people can function on less than the, the recommended seven to nine hours. One in 12,000 and scientifically proven that you cannot go on limited amount of sleeps unless you're one of those freaks. So anyways, going back to the morning routine. So reading 15, 30 minutes, Wim Hof, uh, breathing exercises, 10 minutes. What else do you do before you get going into your day? Then I'm at the boxing gym, 5.30 a.m. for 45 minutes and talk about a powerful way to start the day. And I think this is where the pain kind of came in because when you first start going, you start dealing with things like pain in your wrists, pain in your knuckles, and especially pain in your in your body, your core, your legs, your your shoulders. You're keeping your fucking right your arms up for 45 minutes and, and going at it with a 100 pound bag. And yeah, so that's how I start the day. But the pain thing was like I was hitting the bag. I was dealing dealing with some real serious knuckle pain. And I said to myself, "You're not in pain. You're fine." And I hit the bag harder, right? And the pain got a little worse. I said again, "You're not in pain." you're fine. And I hit the bag harder and it went away. All right. It went away. Like, because most of the time your shit is making it seem worse than it really is. I'm like, my fucking hand's not broken. I know that much. Okay. Like, so just coming back, it like coming back to like mindfulness and mind power and awareness, man, like you can do that. You can do anything. You can do anything. David, David Goggins special. David Goggins. He is, he's a little extra, man. He's, <laughs> he's like, I'm fine. You know, like he's a special human being, man. His, his book is phenomenal. Like that's one of the, I'm not a big reader. I'm a big, I mean, I've read most of those books in the back, but I'm a big audiobook fan. I listen to the book when I walk the dog, uh, but that was one of the ones when I was driving around, I got back home and I'm like, oh, what's next? Oh, what's next? Oh, what's, and I, like, I literally sat outside my house for like an hour listening to his book on the edge of my seat. I'm like, fuck, this guy tells a compelling story. And it was just a phenomenal book. So anyways, I digress. Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Is that what you, yeah. I don't know what the second one, December 6th, I think is the pre-order. So, or when it drops, I don't know what it's really, I mean, it's next level stories, but we shall see. So yeah, after yeah. the gym, then at what point, because we talked about cell phones earlier, at what point do you even look at your phone, check your emails, look at work? After the gym, when I get home, like, you know, I start to shower and bathe. I'll like glance at it, respond to a few emails, send some emails out. I'm really big on doing scheduled sends now, like from my phone. So most of my outgoing emails are like pre-planned and a lot of them are set up like over the weekend, but I'll, I'll do that and then walk my dog, feed him. I got a pit bull named Tyson, right? What kind of dog do you have that is? Black lab mixed with a whole bunch of other shit. She's a rescue. Aren't they, Tyson was a rescue too, but like, I don't remember life before him, man. Like best thing, one of the best things I've ever done was rescue that dog. You want to, you um, want to, you want to remove yourself from all the shit that's going on in your mind. Go for a dog walk at a dog park and just watch your dog be silly. Greatest thing ever. If I just want a mental break, like I'm serious, like there's sometimes I'll go and I won't listen to shit. And I, just, I want that scheduled thinking time and want to think through things. And you just, you want, you want to break from the minutia. You go out in nature, your phones, especially in Canada, it's fucking my phone's buried underneath seven layers of clothes. Like I'm not getting my phone out to fucking look at it. Right. And you're away from it. But then watch your dog just be stupid and silly. It is hilarious and entertaining and so fulfilling at the same time uh, they're the best but yeah i mean that's what i'm doing in like email stuff it's that part of the day get to the office around like between seven and eight and start start my day and it's such a great way to just start like i, I am that is something i'm proud of right like by the time i'm done with that like 6 15 hits it's like damn i've already read i've already done some breath work or read my breath work i got to the gym it's amazing workout in it's like fucking i did more 
before 7 a.m. than most people do their entire day. So like going out to anyone that says you don't have time, like make that time. And like the other thing is like I've people have said, hey, like I want a work life balance. And like I have a work life balance. Right. Like I don't not have it. Right. Like I, I still visit my family. I don't have kids or a wife. I have a beautiful, amazing girlfriend who I think is listening to this. But like she we, she we might have tuned you out because you didn't mention her for an hour and seven minutes. So she might have fuck. Have we been talking for an hour and seven minutes so far? Dude, get Evan and I together, we fall into a time warp, man. <laughs> oh, for real again. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I do want to touch on that work life balance thing before because I just I completed a series of three day interviews for executive assistants for us to be able to free up our time to be able to focus more on the business versus in the business. And one of the questions is like, well, how many hours a week do you work? That's what one of the executive assistants asked me. I'm like, well, 45. She's like, really? I'm like, well, yeah, because we value family time. It's like, could I, could we have a bigger, more successful business if we worked 80 hour weeks? Yes. But then I wouldn't have a family life. So what's yeah. your importance, would you, right? Would you what's have a bigger, more successful? Right? Like, no, well, I mean, well, the business would be there, but what's my home life, right? What's your values? What's important to you, right? Can you be in, Evan usually says this one, so I might butcher this, but do you want to be a family man with business or a businessman with a family? Nailed it. Right. I'd rather be a businessman with a family than a family man with a business because like if you don't have a family, like that's to me, that's my why. That's why freedom of time, freedom of money. Okay. That, that Whatever. Part. I said it right the first time. Yeah. Um, I said it right the first time. So, but that's the idea, right? Is like looking at your own in like what motivates you? What's your values? How do you want to do things? Right. Stop comparing. And this is, this is something that again, goes back to the gap in the game, bring it full circle. Stop comparing yourself to other people's businesses. What do you want in your business? What do you, you want in your life? Go after those things that are important to you, not what's important to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, if, and, and like, well said, there's so much that can be drawn from what you just said, like that message, right? I feel a lot of people say it and so many people need to hear it because like, I've met so many business people that like, yeah, like they're successful. They fucking kids don't talk to them. Right. <laughs> Wife left them. Right. They're in an empty shell of a relationship. Now you get what you attract, right? Like if you're all about the dollar, you're going to get someone that only cares about the dollar and they're not going to fulfill like those needs that we have for like conversation and connection. And you, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, absolutely, man. So on well, our- well here, right. here's a real story on this. Like one of my, one of my friends, his growing up, he, he, he has a, he has a kid in his, his grandfather. Actually, I don't think he watches my podcast. I'm probably safe to say it, but in his name, but I won't. But his kid doesn't have a relationship with his dad, with his mom and dad, because guess why? Because his dad decided he wanted to work six days a week. And fine, you want to work six days a week. What do you do on the Sunday? He wanted to clean his house. He didn't spend time with his own sons. Yeah. And now it doesn't have a relationship with his son or his grandkid because that was his choice that he made. He wanted to build a big business. Yeah, he's he's successful by all measures in terms of a monetary value and all the nice houses that you can have, but Bet you his life is empty. Yeah, well, and that's, that, that's the difference between achievement and fulfillment, right? Like achievement is being able to do a whole lot of things. Fulfillment is what it is that lights you up inside. And I mean, maybe for that guy, he is fully fulfilled because he just doesn't value family, right? No, like, he's not. Well, I, I'm, I'm using it as an example, right? Like right. To, to say that, that someone isn't just because of your outside perspective. It, it doesn't meet the needs for you, but could it for them? Maybe. But that's where it's so important to check in with yourself and realize what it is that's important for you. Yeah. Getting your core values down, your fucking personal mission statement down, super important, right? Like the thing, the thing is, Evan and Thaddeus, like a lot of those people, they say I'm doing it for them. It's like, right. dude, 
those are the people like, you know, if you're one of those out there that are like, I'm doing it for my family. It's like, they don't need all that money. They need your love and attention and care and support more than that, man. Like I've had, I've had, I've had, I've, I've lost, I've lost friends that were, were raised that way, like fed with a golden spoon. And like, they, they didn't have parents that they had parents that were there financially. They wanted something, they got it. And they grew to be just disabled children because they didn't know how to fend for themselves. Right. Right. They always got everything they wanted and they didn't have a relationship. It's like, it's like, yeah, I understand like people want to set up, like you hear it all the time in the industry. Now people are selling their businesses for record multiples and all these things, all these beautiful things are happening. But to, to your guys' point, don't pay attention to those other people. Pay attention to yourself, right? Like the, that 10 minutes on Facebook that you were paying attention to the Lamborghinis and, and, and all this like fancy stuff, right? The 10 minutes that you could have given to your son or your mom or your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or, or like yourself, right? Like that's 10 minutes you could have fucking read, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember I asked someone one time, like, we were talking and they were, they were, they were looking for advice. So they, you know, they, they said that real openly. And I asked for their phone and I went, cause you know, I was bringing up all these things, you know, my daily routine and they're like, yeah, see, that's great. But I just don't have the time that you have. It's like, motherfucker, <laughs> I operate a multi-million dollar fucking business, dude. Like, like I have a great relationship with my family, with my girlfriend. I see my friends, like I do things like, so Guess what I found? What What do you think I looked for on their phone? What apps were open on their phone? The usage that they had on those apps? Motherfucker picked up a whole day of his week, man. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm not joking. I'm like, I, yo, you spent fucking 16 hours on TikTok, man. And you're not even posting content. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, if you were posting content, I guess, like, you know what I mean? But, but don't fucking say, I'm getting a little heated here. I'm going to digress right no 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 turn it up don't fucking say that you don't have the fucking time right you're just not making the fucking time right not a priority Why? because you're not prioritizing yourself you're prioritizing others and others being those that you are admiring or those that you're saying you want to care for but you're not taking care of you mm-hmm. like it's as simple as that man Everybody has 24 hours in a day. We all deal with the same fucking pressures. That's why there's Bill Gates of the world. There's Steve Jobses and the Elon Musks and all the, the titans in our fucking industry, right? They all have the same amount of minutes in the day. All right. Same 24. That's it. That's it. Yep. Well, and that's, that's this is this is rolling into like a Joe Rogan-esque like podcast, Evan. Right. I like this. Right. This is dope, bro. Well, and couple of thoughts. One, Jim Rohn said, if I had known what going for some of those early girl goals would have cost me, I never would have paid the price. So being very self-aware of what it is that you're going after. You mm-hmm. need to throw that in there. Cause I just, I love that quote. And I forgot about the second one cause my whiskey's gone. So <laughs> <laughs> if I may, right. Yeah. Going off that quote, right? Like, so, so me chasing the, the dollar early in the career, not getting aligned, right? Like, when I was a multi-million dollar salesperson for that commercial company, right? And I'm not saying a few million a year. I'm saying a few million by the fucking job that I was selling, right? And there was a couple of those happening weekly, right? I was fucking dead inside, right? I was addicted to drugs, okay? 
because I wasn't really paying attention to myself. I was justifying everything. Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm making six figures. Like I'm, this isn't rock bottom. It's like motherfucker, this is pretty rock bottom, man. Like you're, 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 you're justifying all this shit that you're doing. Right. And this is what a lot of people do. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not there in time for dinner with my family, but I have this, I have this business and I'm doing it for them. It's like, Yo, like take care, like take care of yourself because I'm lucky to fucking be alive. And I know that. And that's one of the reasons that fucking propels me, man. Life is so beautiful. It's so great. And, and so many, so many take it for granted. Just the opportunities like that, that, that we have on a daily fucking basis. There's people in the world waking up and they, yeah, they do have choice, but it's, it's nothing compared to like probably anyone listening to this podcast. And the ability to choose what 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 they have. If you live in North America today and you have food on your table, you are in the one percent of the world. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the exact number. It's one point eight billion, I believe, people live on less than a dollar a day. Like, like it, take that in. Yeah, the amount of gratitude that anyone listening to this show should have for the life that they've been given and the opportunities that are in front of them is absolutely immense. It's remarkable. And it's also very easy to get sucked into comparison, to get sucked into judgments on yourself, the negative self-talk, all the bullshit that, that we live with today, because that's what we're conditioned to believe. And that's that fear and scarcity mindset that exists. I do remember those things that I wanted to say. And this kind of ties back to even the story you told early on around stopping at the gas station to go meet your installer. And Canada's in North America. Someone commented on YouTube and they're like, just ignore Japan, Netherlands, Germany, England, Canada. Canada's in North America. So that's part of it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow, they, just, they just totally discredited the world. How do you spell love? It's T-I-M-E. It makes all the difference in, in everything. That quality of time that you spend with people. The quality of time that you spend with your, your significant other, your team members, everything. It's incredibly important. And that, this yeah. is not spending time. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? Right. Being like fucking mm-hmm. present. Yep. Well, like look at the going circling back to the family, right? How many families have dinner with maybe a TV on mm-hmm. or their, their cell phones out? Or you go to a restaurant and you see that couple that is sitting there and they don't even have communication with each other, they're fucking texting each other or texting somebody else. They're on their phones the whole time. Like, be present with where you're at. I mean, these things have been a gift, but I mean, I grew up, I was 18 by the time I first had my cell phone. Maybe 17, because that's when I got my first truck. Uh, yeah. And I got a cell phone when you're, I was 17. You're old, though, so it's... I'm old, though, but I, I don't quite have as much uh, gray. I'm older than Josh Crouch, and he has more gray hair than me, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a head like Steve, so... I'll tell him that too. I say that to him all the time. Uh, <laughs> but so greatest gift, greatest curse at the same time, because this, we are such a connected world. And so we can connect to anybody at any point in time with this thing here. But you know, is most it, people don't do connect with people. But it, is it a curse though? It can be because, well, because here, here's it? why it can be a curse. Look at the apps that are on your phone. Go back to Steve's point about the guy that he's, he freed up a whole entire day. The guy who's wasting time on his cell phone. So that's why this can be a curse, because if you don't use it the right way, now it's a detriment to you. Now it's a detriment to your life. It's a detriment to those people around you. So is that the fault? uh, No, that's your own. That's your your own fault. Right. That's why I said it can be a blessing and a curse. Right. That goes back to 
even still your own internal thing, but it still goes back to how do you control your, your yourself? How do you control, and now he's skipping. How yeah. do you control your shin? No, 100%. And that's, I mean, I had this conversation this week with someone around time management. They're talking about, oh, I, I, I just need to be better at managing my time. And I challenged them on that because I'm like, you, you can't manage time. We all have the same 24. You can't yeah. manage it. What do you manage? You manage your decisions on a day-to-day basis. What is it that I'm going to do on an hourly basis? What is it that I'm going to prioritize on a minute-to-minute basis, a moment-to-moment basis? What is it that matters the most right now? You just shared, by the way, people need to really listen and hear and understand what that, the questions that you ask yourself dictate the quality of the life that you're going to live, right? The fact that, the fact that Evan, that you ask yourself, what is it? How am I going to do this? Right. Again, breaking out of breaking out of addiction, getting out of the debt with the IRS. Right. Fucking. Well, I was like, oh, fuck, it's over. How am I going to overcome this? Mm -hmm. And what happens by asking yourself that question? And it is that fucking simple. Ask yourself that question. Your brain will start figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Not on a conscious level at first, especially when you're dealing with a big challenge. You're not going to be dealing with it really on a conscious level at first, but subconsciously your mind starts looking for ways. Okay. Your mind starts working for ways and that, 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 that eventually works into your conscious mind and boom, like it, it, it happens. Ask yourself those questions. Like you have a challenge, ask how to fucking overcome it. What if versus how can I? Yeah. Your words frame your reality, right? That's the difference between someone who sees themselves as right. Why me? Right. Like, instead of just asking why, like, like talk about search for your why, right? We talk about that a lot here at Akean, searching for your why, right? Instead of why me, one word, world of a difference. Well, and even changing that to why not me? Why not now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Steve, this has been lit. This has been. Did you seriously just say this has been lit? I did. I fucking did. I went straight millennial and <laughs> i did that it's fire thaddeus we just went downhill when he said this has been lit uh no, that just I, that just ruined the entire episode I, I didn't know how else to describe it it's been absolutely incredible that's a better way to describe it thanks buddy it's been <laughs> hey listen thaddeus it's it's the intent that matters absolutely right? <laughs> a for effort i am curious though steve what's one question that you wish people would ask you more but they don't why i do what i do why is it you do what you do? The best gift that I get from being a leader in this company is when someone comes up to me and is like thanking me for a milestone that they've achieved. And I tell them, you do not have to thank me. Like you put in that work. And I put that in that context because just like seeing people grow, which like I have the honor of doing on a daily basis in the position that I'm in is why I do what I do, right? That That's, yeah, that's why I do what I do. It's I think more people need to connect with their why on a daily basis. Remember why they started, what it is that they did or what it is that they do. Because it's very easy to get stuck in the mundane, to get trapped in the daily minutia of running a business, of being a sales tech, of being an installer, being a CSR. It's very easy to get sucked into that. And it's, again, how can you push yourself? How can you get comfortable being uncomfortable? Connect with your why on a daily basis. There's a book too, like uh, there's the Start With Why Workbook. Mm-hmm. If if you are listening to this and you have trouble, like like there with with figuring out the why, because like that was a that was a journey that took me like a year to figure out. I read Simon Sinek Start With Why, and I'm like journaling, and I'm 
fucking highlighting. I'm listening to the audiobook while I'm driving, while at the same time reading it in the morning and in the evening, and 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 really had to do some digging, right? Like why? And I, I came up with this. When you first ask yourself why you do what you do and you come with an answer, right? Ask yourself why three more times. And it's like like an onion. You peel away and really get to the fucking center of why you do what you do. Like if, if, if you say, I, yeah, why? My why is my children. Why? And then when you get that answer, ask why again. And like it, it takes you back. And sometimes it'll take you back to a specific moment in your life. And when, when, when you experience that, like you go from like this to being fully aligned, like you are, you're aligned. When you find that alignment, like choices are so much easier. Like you have an understanding of what core values mean, right? Yeah. Steve Akian, you are one of a kind, my friend. Thank you, Evan Thaddeus. You guys are fucking incredible as well. I cherish this relationship in ways that, Evan, I know you understand. Thaddeus, you're not as woke. Because I am older than both you guys. Technically, 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 I am born in the millennial age year, but I don't identify as millennials or YouTube fucks. I mean, that's very millennial of you. That's not like, you don't call a guest a fuck. What the fuck? I was fucking kidding. I was calling Evan that. It's funny. So our our friend TJ, TJ, when we were at his event, constantly referred to Thad as his second favorite, maybe 36 millionth favorite Canadian. And that I was always his favorite. So, Dude, TJ's the fucking man. Uh, <laughs> although I think recently, Evan, you've you've downgraded yourself quite substantially. I, I, I did insult TJ a little bit, and I I got downgraded a little oh. bit. But I'll be I'll be back. That'll that'll screw it up somehow. So <laughs> most likely, most likely. <laughs> but Steve, dude, this has been unreal. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much for chilling out with two crazy Canadians, sharing your story, sharing your background, sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. Truly appreciate you, brother. You are making a massive, massive impact on your team and it's just going to continue to spread out throughout the Northeast and across the entire nation. So thank you so much, dude. Wow. Thank you, Thaddeus. Thank you, Evan. Ah, there it is. Thaddeus. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Steve. Wow. What a fantastic episode with Steve Akian. Steve, first off, dude, thank you so much for joining us in the show. It was phenomenal to dive in with you and unpack some unbelievable nuggets in this episode. I mean, we got into the headspace, we got into mindset, we got into setbacks, we got into life is an infinite game. Dude, what was your favorite nugget from this episode? Favorite? I don't know. I don't have one, man. The whole episode was just lit, as you said, millennial of you. Mindset to start off, you know, it can always be worse, right? Inherent or learn, right? You know, what advice can you give somebody that's struggling with that? Like that was, that was a deep topic because so much of what we do as business owners and or techs or selling techs or salespeople or CSRs or anybody in the office is so much between the ears. And if you don't tell yourself the right story, if you don't tell yourself the right words, if you don't ask yourself the right questions, I don't think you're ever going to be the greatest that you can be. And that was just, that was unpacked deeply. Yeah. hundred percent. Steve's on a journey of no other that we've had on this show. I truly believe that he is going to be an incredible moment maker for his team and his organization. And it's going to spread like wildfire. And I'm so, so jacked for this dude. It's a new way of running a business. Right. Yeah. One of our other mentors and I alluded in the show, like love your people to death. 
Yep. When and and he's young too, right? Like he's he's gonna be a firecracker out on the East Coast and building something phenomenal. And just it's not culture isn't, you know, he said the popcorn machine. I was gonna say the beanbag chairs, right? That's part of it, but it's about the connections that you can make. And I think that that resonated quite a bit. Big time. For me, I'm gonna go into simply what was talked about in the show, but almost something that was not talked about and it was around that new year's resolution thing and don't wait take action do something now start getting comfortable being uncomfortable and i my challenge to everyone that's listening to this show is what is the one habit that you are going to implement starting tomorrow that is going to change the way that you operate on a daily basis so i'm curious we want to hear from you hit us up in the facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hvac revealed email info at onpurposemedia.ca if you don't want to make it public you just want to reach out to us directly have someone that can hold you accountable simply by asking a question you can also text us at 719-824-1377 we'd love to hear from you what was your favorite part of this episode what was your favorite nugget and if you're not joining the live shows you gotta get on the live shows we post it every week when we're going live it's usually between 1 and 3 p.m mountain standard time what would that be eastern three and five between three and five eastern somewhere in that window typically right in the middle of it is when we're going live on a weekly basis hit us up on youtube youtube.com hvac revealed i guess there's a little at symbol in that slash yeah. at HVAC revealed. But at the end of the day, these live shows, they're a lot of fun and you can get your questions answered immediately by the experts that we have on the show. So you too can unpack the ultimate HVAC business until next time. Cheers. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of HVAC success secrets revealed before you go two quick things. First off, join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC revealed. The other thing, if you took one tiny bit of information out of this show, no matter how big, no matter how small, all we ask is for you to introduce this to one person in your contacts list. That's it. That's all one person. So they too can unleash the ultimate HVAC business until next time. Cheers.